You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate everybody for making us your first listen day in, day out. Uh, nice enough here. We're going to uh, get to a little bit of a special one here. Uh, Mr. Thursday Night Football, Mr. Dearness Johnson. Uh, Dearness, first, uh, appreciate you making some time here today. You know, not rare that an NFL player gets some time off on the weekend. Um, but just take us through Thursday night, man. I mean, obviously, you know, a dream come true, essentially, you know, you put your time in, you know, do everything right. You wait, wait, wait for your opportunity. You got the call and man, you certainly answered it. Yeah, man. Thursday night was a, a special moment for me. You know, uh, even like before that whole week, like my people flew up here, not knowing that I was going to start, like, like they've been putting their flights and stuff like that. And, for them to come up here and, and for like their first game like that and for me to start in a game and, and for me to go out there and have a game like that, man, that ain't nothing but God's timing and it's just perfect timing, you know. I mean, it's always a dream come true just to go out there and just to put an NFL uniform on, you know. That's always was my dream growing up and just to start a game like that and just have a day, man. I can't get nothing but thanks to the man above for that. Now, let's something like this. Now, if it was an ordinary Sunday in the NFL, Dearness, this may get like not really noticed. I mean, you know, so many games on a Sunday, but it was Thursday night. It's prime time. You know, everybody watches, and it's funny. Everybody, oh, Thursday night football, they seem to complain about it, but it ain't stopping nobody from tuning in week in, week out. Um, but to the point where you excel, obviously, help lead this team to victory. And then to the point where, I mean, everybody, I mean, to the point where, you know, the 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 forever king of Cleveland, you got somebody like LeBron James using his social media account to actually speak about you and your exploits. I mean, everybody who's got a Twitter account has mentioned LeBron James and his exploits at some point. Here's somebody like that actually focusing and singling out somebody uh, in the, like you with your opportunity. I mean, it's got to be surreal. Man, it's very surreal. I can't ask for no better opportunity than that, man. Like, on a big stage like that, on a night like that, where everybody's watching Thursday Night Football, not just people, just the whole the whole world is watching, you know? And just for me, just to take advantage of that opportunity, man, I, like I said, I can't thank God enough, man, for real. And just, like, LeBron, LeBron James, man, like, LeBron always been my favorite player, like, ever. And, like, I've been loving him since, like, I was in, like, middle school. And for him to take notice and, and, and tweet about me, man, that means a lot. You know, I'm always forever cherish that, you know, just because my favorite player, like, <laughs> tweeted about me. Like, I'm a big fan of him. And, uh, man, I can't, I just, I can't thank God enough, man. Just, for just bless me just to be in this, you know, position. And, uh, Thursday night, man, uh, I got to give credit to the O-line, man, and the receivers and just everybody because they did a great job, man. They they made my job a lot easier and just I just went out there and just played freely, you know. I just played, played freely. 
One thing that I came away with and watching through a second time and a third time a year carries is um, I noticed, you know, you, your performance Thursday night had some of, you know, some of the, uh, the positives of Nick Chubb's game, some of the positives of Kareem Hunt's game. The one thing that impressed me was, you know, in, an, in a situation like that, I mean, obviously you got to be amped up, you know, like there's no other, but you were able to run patiently and, you know, allow your receivers or rely and you know, allow your offensive line to get to their blocks, you know, to create those holes for you. And then the other thing is I noticed, you know, with, you know, more Kareem style is once it came time to point a contact, you were going over them, through them. And he almost kind of had mm-hmm. this look like, all right, there's going to be some contact here, but I ain't going to make it easy on none of y'all. Yeah. And yeah, no, nah, I mean, those guys, man, those guys are two of the best backs in the league, man. I'm glad to be a, you know, a part of this group, man. Just learning from them, just, taking things in from, you know, like every day in practice, you know, I, I make sure I, I tune in, I watch it, and I watch film on them also, man, just the, of the whole offense. Just, I, I watch film on, on them and see just how they run and, and when they get the opportunity and how they, how they capitalize on it. So, you know, those guys are great leaders, and, and I appreciate them guys a lot because they're more like a brother to me. You know, they're more like a brother to me, and I just try to study and put little bits little pieces in there and little bits and pieces, you know, into my game where I can get from them, you know. So that's that's what I be trying to do. I just try to study them and just try to take little pointers and do whatever I can, you know, just to put that in my game to make me, you know, want a, a great bet like those guys. Now, you arrived with this team in 2019. Obviously, that's a past regime, a past coaching staff, a past front office. And you were a guy in 2019 who just, you know, didn't get a lot of playing time. Now, a new regime comes in, a new coaching staff comes in. Obviously, there's a lot of improvement on your part as a player to make it from one regime to another and then start to get better, excel. Where have you improved the most in your game, in your time in the NFL, Dearest? Oh, man, first off, I just want to give thanks to Coach Stump and Coach Prefer, man, for just always fighting for me to be here. You know, when I first got here, they've been fighting for me to be here, and I just want to give thanks to those guys, you know, for, uh, you know, just trusting and believing me and believing in my ability so that, you know, the organization can keep me and, and see what I got. But uh, I think I improved on a lot of uh, just patience. And, you know, my biggest thing was coming in, improving on my pass blocking. Also, just Coach Coach Stump said one thing I do, do need to improve on is just being more patient and, and, and setting up my blocks and, and stretching to play more, you know. Instead of trying to cut back too fast and stuff like that, just stretching to play more, just you know, making the defenders run. So then I can cut back instead of cutting back early and the the, the defenders are right there. So I think I improved on a lot of my 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 blocking and uh, just stretching stretching the uh, the run. Nice. Now, uh, obviously Thursday night we got to see uh, you know Case Keenum. Um, a couple of words here about Baker Mayfield, because I mean, when we get to the point where we're talking about, Hey, uh, if my broken bone in my shoulder can heal, um, maybe to allow my shoulder to stop dislocating at any given point due to the fact I have a torn labrum. I mean, these are injuries where you even just like, you sit down and you even think about what Baker's going through right now. It's like, man, this boy's crazy. What is he even trying to do right now? But, you know, I think the thing that gets lost with Baker Mayfield, you know, People confuse so often the fine line between being a quarterback and a football player. Baker Mayfield is a quarterback, but Baker Mayfield is a football player. No, he definitely is a football player, man. 
Baker is one of the most competitive guys I've been around. You know, uh, and he's a warrior. You know, he's a warrior, man. He's gonna, you know, try to fight his butt out. You know, he fought his butt out just to try to get out there. But he, unfortunately, he was unable to go, man. And I know it hurt him so bad because I seen that he never really missed a game like that before. Like he never really missed a game. So you know, I know it's eating him up a lot. But you know, Baker, man, he's gonna do everything it takes for him to get back. You know, I'm praying for you know just a speedy recovery. And I know he's gonna take care of his body, do all the other things just to, to get back out there with him. There's there's no question. And for me, it's the most refreshing thing to see because, you know, for so long, this franchise was down. And now to have guys, you know, and, and there were guys, and admittedly, I've talked to players in the past who said, you know, it was borderline whether or not my season was over, but this team wasn't going anywhere. So you want to know what? Yeah, it was easy to tap out, go on season-ending IR. Um, and you see for Baker Mayfield, there ain't no way. I mean, he wants to be every yeah. bit of this just like everybody else. Now, as yeah, this yeah. continues, there's still like the earnest. This wasn't like a one shot deal. Coach Stefanski, Coach Mitchell, they love to rotate their running backs. Kareem is going to be a little bit before he's going to be able to make it back. Um, you know, maybe odds look good that Nick will be back, you know, Halloween Sunday for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this team, they like playing more than one running back. And so maybe this opportunity, and obviously, as well as you showed Thursday night. Uh, still pretty good opportunity. We're going to get to see number 30 tote the rock here a little bit in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, I get another chance, uh, another opportunity, you know, just to carry the ball some more. And, uh, you know, when Nick Chubb get back, you know, I'm going to be cheering him on, you know, just, you know, playing my role, you know, just playing my role, just, you know, when my numbers get called, you know, I just go out there and just try to make a play for the team, you know, that's my main thing. Whenever my numbers get called, no matter if I go in early or if I go in late, no matter what, I just want to go out there and just try to make a play to help this team win. So that's what I'm going to do, just continue just to, just, just to play my role. That's, and it's great. And, you know, you love to see somebody, you know, who put in the time, obviously put in the effort, you know, put in the work. And, you know, when you get that opportunity, obviously you go out there and excel. Before we start putting, uh, you know, you know, letting you go here, tell us a little bit about Slow Grind, Aaron. It's been a little yeah. bit, you know, obviously some news here the last couple of days. And obviously you guys getting to dip into here to something, unfortunately, that wasn't available to you when you were a college athlete. Uh, slow Grind, man, Slow Grind is, it's, a, it's my brand, but it's also a mindset, you know. Slow Grind means just staying focused on the ultimate goal. The process doesn't come fast. It takes time. And I just like <clears throat> I just like relate that to my life. Like you know, I didn't everything I, I, I got, I didn't uh, get it easy, you know. It always been like a long journey, different obstacles that I had to face and and, and just had to overachieve and I I got the I got the turtle as a, a logo because like the turtle man, the turtle goes through different obstacles that also, you know, like they if the you know, if, if, if the turtle have a goal that it it want to do, like if it want to cross the road, like if a car's coming, like no matter how long it takes that turtle to come, uh, that turtle to cross the road, like he's gonna cross it. You know, like just just having that focus, you know, just <clears throat> just like I'm saying, just staying focused on the ultimate goal. And uh, that's what slow grind basically means for me. And uh, and I want everybody just to, to know that. And it's not it's it. it it's not just a, uh, an apparel, it's, it's a mindset of how you carry yourself day in and day out, you know. It, it, it applies in everyday life to everyone. Like, no matter if you, you're working in an office or you, 
you're working as a, a garbage man or whatever, man, it applies to everyone. So I just want to get that message out to there. And uh, just to be able to like the, yeah, I just uh, welcome aboard uh, one of the defensive back from LSU when I signed to NIL, you know, uh, because I feel like his characteristics represents, you know, slow grind and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing for the college athletes because, you know, they can get their name out there and, and promote themselves. And also, like, you know, it helps me out too, just promote my brand also. So that's, you know, that's, that's what's going on. And I think, dearness, and your whole philosophy on that brings me back to one of my favorite, uh, you know, quotes that you know, exist is, you know, the only place where success becomes before work is in the dictionary. And I think you're a true, true definition of that. Guys, if you're not checking it out, uh, some great stuff. Slowgrindapparel.com, uh, Dearness's brand. Obviously, you know, now be, uh, able to you know branch out here a little bit, support a college athlete here, make that young man's life a little easier. You know, as he begins his slow grind. Hopefully, you know, from yeah. you know being a collegiate player, obviously to a pro. Uh, Dearness, um, obviously, you know, you've been a fan favorite. Everybody has always loved Dearness Johnson, but I think. Uh, Thursday night, it probably, you know, went to, you know, ridiculous new heights. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, got a yeah. word for all these fans? Because, I mean, if there was one thing anybody wanted to talk about late Thursday night or early Friday, it was the work, it was the success, it was the helping lead this team to victory from number 30. Yeah, man, I just want to say thank you all to all the fans, man. I appreciate all the love and support that I've been receiving, man. It really means a lot to me just, just, I just want to be an inspiration to everyone out there that, you know, no matter what dream you're chasing, man, no matter how many no's or how many doubts that you have, just continue to keep chasing because eventually that door is, that door is going to open for you. So that's that's what I got to the uh, to all the fans out there, man. You know, like I appreciate all the love and support, and, and, and it means a lot. And, like, the journey doesn't stop here, man. It continues. Mr. Dearness Johnson, Browns fans, um, obviously a great night for him. Uh, Dearness, you know, get some rest. Uh, it's work week. It's Steelers week. Yes. It's on yes, now yes, to yes. division play. Um, and look, you know, for being a team that's four and three here, chance to, you know, maybe, you know, write a couple of those losses as you get deep into the division. Again, congratulations on Thursday night and all the best going forward. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. We're going to get back to a little bit more here. But, folks, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Thursday Night, Dearness Johnson. And I said we will get to our under the lens segment. John Costco here and ready to go. So we're going to get to this on the offensive side of the ball. Some of the defensive side of the ball here with John, his thoughts on Thursday night. Obviously a big night for the Browns and obviously a big night for some of the Browns reserves. We're going to get to all that in just a bit as we continue to roll on here on Locked on Browns. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store to hold or stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seamlessly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, V6, V8? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your 
pocket. Well, I choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Look, times are tight right now for everybody. We understand that. An example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You can buy it directly from rockauto.com for $216. I think there is a lot of ways you can use that extra $130. Rock Auto prices are reliably low, and they are for every customer. They have everything you could need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to their website and explore it. It's easy, simple to navigate by make and model of your vehicle. Again, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. As I said, John Costco from PFF, lead analyst, is here and ready to go. John, if we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, uh, there's nowhere else to start. Um, just a magical night. Uh, Dearness Johnson, first NFL start. Uh, I don't want to say first extended action, as he obviously had a very, very nice effort against the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. Um, I'll let you get into the grades and some of that stuff, John. But what came out to me and what I noticed was, you know, some of the good of Nick Chubb from the Ernest, some of the good of Kareem Hunt, like setting up cutback lanes. He was able to um, patiently uh, let his blockers do what they needed to do. And then once it came time for contact, kind of went into Kareem Hunt mode, like, all right, one of us, two of us, three of us, let's go, fellas. And it, it was a really, really fun to watch. And for Dearest, it's look, it, it's a really good spot for him. Uh, it all signs look like Nick Chubb will be back for the Pittsburgh Steelers game, but it's worked really well with more than one running back. And we know Kareem Hunt is not going to be back for, you know, at least some extended time here. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, everybody watches this game, obviously a nationally televised game, how good Dearness Johnson looked. He was decisive with his cuts. He had really good vision to find the open holes. There were uh, no running backs going to be perfect with their vision. And, and there were a couple of missed cuts. I thought that he could have made there, but um, you're talking about four explosive runs and was just churning the, the legs to get chained, uh, to get the first downs, just move the ball down the field. Um, it was only, you know, stuffed on, on basically 4% of his runs. Um, and, you know, he averaged was a three point three and a half yards after contact per carry um, was it had his grade of a rushing grade was a 90.0, which is the highest graded running grade by a Browns runner this year. Uh, which is kind of kind of impressive considering you know who he backs up. So um, this was this was a a performance that probably vaulted him into getting some pretty good money sometime down the future. Whether that's this offseason because he's a restricted free agent and some team is going to pay a lot of you know good good chunk of money for him to to pull him off the Browns or uh, or if the Browns give him a, a decent extension or or what what have you. So. Um, you know, all around great performance. Um, you know, it was an offensive performance all around that was was really solid, and he he carried the team. Uh, just a good moment for him. And and again, like something like that, this maybe gets overshadowed if it's a one o'clock game on a Sunday with so many other things going on. But the joy of a primetime game, and you know, his reaction to actually understand, you know, hearing that you know guys like LeBron James are actually mentioning him on social media. Um, look, I mean, you live for that opportunity opportunity you get that opportunity and you want to do everything you can with it Dearness was able to do that worked as we butt now off need to get to, to that over. position just work you know kudos no, to him. It's, I, a, it's a great story yeah yep it's a great story and i mean those are the guys you know and look 
if you look at it in a small sample size, you know, the best thing in the world for Dearness Johnson may be days outside of Cleveland, which is terrible to say, but you want what's best for everybody. Um, and for the work he put in, you know, maybe it won't be here. Maybe it could be somewhere else. Hopefully if it ever comes to that pass, it's in the NFC, wink, wink. Um, but, you know, just <laughs> fun to see a player get that opportunity and, base, and literally take the ball and run with it. Number five, Case Keenum, John. Look, if anybody didn't notice what some of the deficiencies between Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield are, I think you got to see him. And I don't want to go back to harp on this. Everybody, oh, well, 2017, he was phenomenal. Well, 2017, he did have the comfort level of playing in a dome, have at least one game on the road in a dome, which sometimes will mask a little bit of you know, arm strength issues. And, you know, everybody, oh, well, the look, guys, this is going to kind of be the norm here for the weather in Cleveland at First Energy for the rest of the year. It's not all, I mean, the wind is not going to digress here as it gets colder. It's only going to, you know, start to become a factor week in, week out. But for the most part, John, I think he made the right decisions. I think he played smart. He played quickly. Um, and I think where he was smart, where maybe it's been an issue for Baker at times, it was open guy, get ball quickly. And I think you notice that a lot with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. So, so Baker averages in a time to throw of like three plus seconds so far this year, which is a long time in the NFL, right? Case Keenum's time to average time to throw is 2.76 seconds in this game, um, which is kind of more average in terms of, you know, the NFL landscape, which I know a quarter of a second doesn't seem like that much, but you know, you're talking about, I mean, it's, these guys are so fast coming off that ball, off that that line of scrimmage, that that quarter of a second does make a difference in terms of whether or not you're getting you know sacked or not. Um, look at it from a, a team pass protection standpoint. They they had their their second worst pressure rating uh, allowed in this game of the season. The the worst was against the Vikings. They they allowed pressure on on forty percent of their snaps um, and were beat a, a handful of other times. Their their pass pass blocking efficiency. Um, was was actually the worst. So um, I'm sorry, the, the second worst, like, you know, against the, the Vikings. So this was a, a a game where Keenum essentially just made things seem calmer back there. Um, and we know that, like, when Baker's out there, um, I mean, the, the, the physical tools that don't even don't even compare. Baker's are much more um, athletic, much more athletic. He has a much stronger arm. He's generally more accurate but i think keenum out there just made things seem easy um and it but even though his grade was not great it was still a 57.9 but i think that's kind of who he is and you know you're not gonna don't go to don't go back to 2017 and think he's gonna be that guy he he hasn't been that guy ever at any other point in his career he can manage the game and and you know win you some games without losing you the game um but i think you saw in that deep ball to obj uh he he just completely underthrew it, um, you know, and that's a, obviously a turnover-worthy throw where he, it could have been intercepted in a, in a field of play. His grade from a clean pocket is a 63.3. Under pressure, it was 49.3, whereas, like, Baker this year is, you know, grading up in the 80s in, in, from a clean pocket. And, and that's kind of what matters, um, even though I think, I think, you know, maybe in the long run this helps Baker to see, oh, okay, this, you know, maybe – he he was calm back there and he made a lot of easy throws for himself. And then, you know, he had the one shot he tried to take and, and didn't, you know, didn't connect on it or whatever. So um, I think, I think Baker can learn some things from what he saw from, from Keenan starting over him um, long-term. And I think Keenan just kind of did what he had to do. 
for me, Keenum, and this is some things you stand out, and this is stuff you talk about when you, you have to go to your backup quarterback. Don't don't force turnovers. Check. Uh, don't take any key sacks. Check. Um, and the other thing is, you know, don't key on anything. Take what's open so defenses aren't now keying on you. Check, check, check. He was able to accomplish all of those things. One advantage that Case Keenum did have Thursday night that Baker Mayfield hasn't had the last couple of weeks um, was an upgrade in the offensive line. You know, Jedrick Wills was in, and it's the first uh, first game this season. Jedrick Wills has been able to take every single snap, played every snap, allowed you to put Blake Hance on the right side to not have William Hudson on the field. Um, Blake Hance with another strong game. Hey, Cleveland.com podcast, how are you guys doing? Um, so it, it was nice to see, you know, Blake get in there. It was, I mean, and Jed, even though it wasn't the greatest effort, and look, it's going to be a while. Obviously, with Jed, you know, it, it's a, it's the high ankle sprain. And this is something he's going to deal with for the rest of the year. There's really, you know, maybe, maybe the, the you know, during the Baltimore bye week, maybe it'll get a little bit better Sunday against Pittsburgh within 10 days off here. But it's just something that nags the offensive line, John. And now this is another week in a row now where Wyatt Teller is apparently, you know, the Wyatt Teller we grew accustomed to towards the end of 19, all of 2020 when he was healthy. And, you know, you get that interior cooking like they do. And, you know, look, whether it was Dearness Johnson, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, hell me or you, there were holes there and there were yards to be had. And this offensive line seems to be like they are trending back to the offensive line we've kind of grow, grown accustomed to here. Yeah, um, Wyatt Teller over the past three weeks has been a back to his soul crushing ways in, in the run game. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a run blocking grade of a 92.5 over those past three games. Um, you know, you think about it, part of the, part of the reason that early on in the season he, maybe it wasn't as strong is because he was going up against guys like Chris Jones and um who else have they got in uh Akeem Hicks um yep. and then you know it's just there's those guys they're going to be battles right it's just going to be tough battles against those types of guys so um a little bit easier of a slate the past couple of weeks though I mean it's not as if like, the Cardinals don't have a you know, you know these, these teams don't have like good interior defenders but you know he's playing at a higher level um you know like I, I mentioned that the pass protection from this offensive line wasn't as good um and it wasn't you know, jet jed had a 57.6 like ants 50.9 in, in pass protection his strong part of this game was was the run game um and then wyatt teller he, he like a, he, even though in this game he had a 91.1 overall like basically kind of his it was all from his run blocking his pass protection in this one was, was a 55.8 so there were pieces on this offensive line that were were struggling in pass protection and i think it just didn't look as bad because I think when you have a quarterback that gets the ball out of the rid of the ball quickly, it does help. But I think with what we're seeing from this offensive line in the run game, which is the strong part of this team, they're starting to gel much better with each other and things are starting to click kind of like it was last year where things were just starting to click, you know, after the first six games of the season, um, you know, run block team wise was an 82.1. So, you know, Dearness Johnson did, you know, his he made his yards plus some right with the, the 3.5 after contact. But the running run, you know, offensive line was was giving him those holes and then also pushing pushing defenders downfield. So it was, you know, they basically played complimentary football, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, and and you know, Joel Batoni was was very good as as always. Um, and then J.C. Treader was solid as he always is in, in the pass protection, his run blocking. He was the only weak point really in, in run blocking in this game for the Browns. 
it's uh you know i mean look a little bit of a mixed bag here but you know the point is got it done and the most important thing is you know they're starting to play more in unison now um yes which he needs on both sides of the ball so very desperately um this one here obviously there's no grade here nothing um john the football player you the football player and me like what baker mayfield's even like talking about or attempting to do right now i mean it just seems nuts to even like discuss well if my broken shoulder can heal it will save the torn labrum from throwing my shoulder out of the socket here I mean, when you're saying these types of words, it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it kind of sounds like you're out. Um, you know, when, when you're using this type of terminology, it, it seems like maybe, you know, playing anytime soon ain't uh, something uh, that should be in the cards. And But for everybody that wants to, you know, kind of like get on him, I mean, like, you know, is he gonna? Can he? We don't know. Should he? Probably not. Um, but it looks like damn well he's going to try and – for all of the naysayers and this, that, and the other thing, is this what you want? I mean, like, you, you want the guy that's nuts enough to say, look, if if I can give you 75% of the game, I'll give you 75%. I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. And, you know, in years past where you had, oh, crap, I don't want to play any of these quarterbacks they have. Do we have to play one? Can we just direct snap to the running back? <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. I mean, appreciate the fact that this guy wants to hopefully make this all work and, you know, get this team right. Yeah, for from a... I get, I get that he wants to be out there. He's a competitor. Um, he probably, he's probably thinking, you know, he he wants to be like the next Brett Favre or whatever, and and have the Iron Man thing, and, and it's that's done, right? I think the most important thing is, like, if he gets hit one time and that fra- with that fracture, like, it's say it's a hairline fracture, and it's just a little bit of a crack, right? Gets hit one time, that thing just compound fractures, right? And then it's yeah. done for. You're you're completely done, right? So, and even if it comes back. Ne- you know, next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that thing's—I mean—fractures take three weeks to heal. To 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 heal, and they've got to you know get ca- you know calcified there, and and you've got to hello it's TJ build up. It's it's yeah. I mean, like there's it, even when it heals and it say it's it's healed, the fracture you know comes bends back together. It's still not a hundred percent like that. Yeah. That needs to have time. It's usually three to six weeks for for a fracture to fully fuse back together um and so you're talking about like just one hit there will will affect that it'll just break that back open and then you're you're out even longer so i think it's for him i i you know kudos to him for trying and wanting to be out there but like i mean if you unless you change the way you play the game if you were to play the game like tom brady where you essentially just never get hit you're able to find the open receiver in in 2.2 seconds and that's all you're you're doing back there in the pocket is like and then when you can sense the pressure coming and you can just hit the, the turf without getting essentially hit, then sure, you might be able to do it. But that's not your game. Your game is the, you know, when the, when it's not there, when you don't see it there, you start scrambling around and try and make something to happen and, and you take some hits. Um, so it's just, unless he changes the game, maybe he could do it. But it's it it would, it would require him to kind of rewire his brain in terms of, how he plays the game and you know that's that's obviously really difficult mid-season yeah and the other thing and this is what scares me against pittsburgh is you know if tj watts coming off the right side and he's driving baker mayfield to the ground guess what he's most likely landing on his left shoulder which you know at this point you know you just i mean we're to, you're to the point where you're praying no venus you know that this thing can hold up here we're gonna get to the defensive side of the ball here um, and, you know, I need to get to, you know, with John here a little bit on the fact that, you know, it's okay that this defense is, you know, pushing around lesser teams, but we can't also be getting boat raced by better teams 
it's about time for this defense to, you know, basically find some middle ground here. Going to get to all that continuing here on the lens with Mr. John Costco. Celebrate the freedom of choice. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. I am still a big fan of the Mint Brownie. Tastes like the Girl Scout cookie. Can't go wrong there. If you haven't tried all the flavors right now, you should get a mix box where you will get two each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Go to Built.com right now, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN for 15% off at Built.com. John, first thing I noticed, and you know, maybe this is something where a Teddy Bridgewater helps going against a you know, quarterback such as he was the secondary. Um, another thing, and you know, we saw it a little bit, you know, the previous week against the Cardinals, saw it a little bit more certainly this week. Finally, starting to use John Johnson the third in the capacity where he is comfortable. Look, John Johnson the third is not an elite athlete back there, but on the field, he's a very, very intelligent player. He's able to deep kind of Teddy Bridgewater into the interception. Got him closer to the line of scrimmage. Huge, huge run stop uh, that basically uh, you know changed the drive that the Broncos were on. Um, secondary, and you know again, players going in, players going out of that secondary. Um, but was it collectively as a unit a step in the right direction? Oh, absolutely. It was. It was a step in the right direction. Um, let me just, just pull up like uh, John Johnson's. Um, so. He really wasn't used differently in this game. He just made plays from when he was in the box. So he had six snaps when he was in the box and 42 free safety, deep safety uh, snaps. Whereas like last week, he was 53 deep safety and six, seven in the box, 16 in the, as a slot corner. So he, I would say that he wasn't used too much differently. He just made a couple of plays and people then notice it as opposed to him getting beat and and you know, pointing out the bad from him playing deep. So um, that I think is maybe the difference there. Um, his, his, you know, his game was, you know, overall was, was, was better for him, um, you know, from a team standpoint where uh, as, as a unit, there were a 75.8 overall uh, coverage wise, 78.3, uh, which I, I stupidly didn't look up to see if it was their, their best as a unit. I would assume that the, the Bears game was better. Yeah, because it was. So it was an 82.3 from the Bears game. But, you know, it was actually a tick up from the Vikings game just by like a point. So, um, yeah, this is a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde unit that we're seeing right now with, with the Browns defense. Though I was – I've and I should have stuck to my guns here, but <laughs> in in the preseason or offseason and everything, I said that this would take – you know, four to six weeks for this this defensive unit to gel and start coming together and being better in communication. There's a couple of still issues with communication, but in this one, but uh, I said, you know, this is the seventh game. It's been six games. You'd expect them to be start playing together better. Um, and we know that they had that two game stretch against the Bears and the Vikings where they just looked otherworldly. And maybe maybe now we're seeing them kind of come together and they're going to have more consistent outings, right? Because that's what you want. And I get that, like, 
you know, you go up against like the Kansas City Chiefs. No defense is really going to look good against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I would say that the Bills were kind of an anomaly there. Um, I would just say that the Chiefs had a bad game rather than the the Bills defense doing something to to stop Mahomes and that that offense. Um, so I think I think this defense is is fine. You know, you talk about some individual performances there. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are are still a big time problem for opposing offenses. Yep. Um, and then Anthony Walker had a, had a really solid game in this one. He, he had a they had a tip. You know, t- the, the, basically kind of like the uh, the the Y leak concept where, you know, the, the throwback uh, on to Tim Patrick, where he, he runs like a, a cross and up and Anthony Walker stuck with him, which was really impressive there. Um, and, you know, and kind of, kind of forced that incompletion to, to be cut off. Right. So he, he looked really good out there. Um, Sione Takitaki looked really good out there in, in his limited 17 snaps at 83. So, and even maven Mac Wilson, Mac Wilson's having a career year this year, and, and you know, it's kind of a little bit up and down, but you're talking about a guy as, who in his first two years of the career were, were 41.4 and 41.9. He's a 72.2 this year. And, you know, it's not just on 176 snaps, but they've found a role for him to be a good player. Um, and that is exactly the type of player, that, you know, that's what you want this team to be able to find is roles for these guys that have the athleticism and, and you know, figure out what can we do with this guy when he's on our team. And, you know, I think they're doing that with the team in terms of what, what they do best. And hopefully this is a continuation for the rest of the season and not, not another blip on the radar of, of this defense coming together. And I think that is one thing I noticed from the linebacker position, and this is something I did want to get to is, look, I mean, you notice it when you really don't have Malcolm Smith playing as much. And, you, you know, and I, Malcolm Smith was out there, but obviously a little hampered. Jay, okay, you're not now this athletic running around type of bunch here. So you know what? You better be physical. You better be sure. Tacklers. And that's what I noticed from Anthony Walker. That's what I noticed from Taki Taki. And even, and, and he deserves it, even Mac Wilson. Look, if Matt Wilson was there, he made the play. And this has been some of the issues in years past. If Mac Wilson was there, it didn't mean a He's hell of beans. He's missing tackle. It didn't mean a, Exactly. It didn't mean a hell of beans. But these guys were physical. They wrapped, which was an effort all around on defense. But it was, you know, Anthony Walker, Troy Hill. And now we, you had talked about this, and we had talked about this a bunch, about when this defense starts to gel four to six weeks game seven, but you see Anthony Walker with his best game as a Brown. You see Troy Hill with his best game as a Brown and some of these newcomers. And look, a lot of it comes down to just the simplicity of John is, look, plays are going to happen. Guys are going to catch balls. There's going to be holes. Running backs are going to hit them. But when you get there, I mean, you've got, if you're the first would-be tackler, guys got to go down. Otherwise, the NFL, you can't be giving second chances, third chances. You're going to get eaten alive. These offenses are just too damn good. Yeah, absolutely. You got to make your tackle when you get there. I mean, the, you're never gonna you're never gonna make every single one of your tackles. Like these, you know, offensive players, especially running backs and stuff like that, they're they're too good, um, you know, to and they're gonna force missed tackles. And I think what you've got to be able to do is this: you, you just got to be able to to when you're there, make the play or at least slow the guy up so that the rest of your team can gain tackle. And um, you know, I think the Browns did that extremely well in this past game. Um, you, you look at just you, just you just look at their their tackling numbers right, and their missed tackle numbers. That you know they did miss six tackles in this game, but you know I think that was it was they managed it decently well because they were able to. A lot of those missed tackles weren't just pure whiffs or something like that. They were there. They held the guy up a little bit. Maybe it was towards the sideline, so it allowed other guys to get there, and it wasn't losing contain type stuff. So um, overall, I think from a you know these guys flying around, getting to the point of attack. 
it's an easier offense, easier offense to, to do that against. But I think, I mean, Javante Williams is a stud at breaking tackles, and so is Melvin Gordon. And they did, I'd say, they held up pretty well in that regard, and it allowed, it just allowed their players to make plays, you know, beyond just you know get the, the few that maybe the the that one did miss the tackles. Uh, you know, and the other thing is you notice, obviously, when it's brown on orange versus all white. I mean, you see the speed, you see the hats of the football. It obviously just stands out, you know, on the screen in that respect. And I think the other thing is, you know, tackling that well on a Thursday night. Like Thursday night is usually when you can understand maybe there's going to be some missed tackles. It's really, really hard, obviously, to regroup, you know, tee it all up and go play again, uh, you know, in, in 96 hours, you know, to play another NFL game on the turnaround that quickly. That being said, John, none of this, this is all great. But Pittsburgh, Halloween Sunday. There are no excuses. This defense should be extremely well-rested. And, you know, after an effort like this, now you're rested. Now you're starting to build confidence. You're growing as a unit. Now let's not see some of these, you know, crap weeks like we saw against the Chargers. We saw against the Cardinals where apparently nobody's talking to anybody. There's no communication within the field. And basically they're saying, oh, well, let's hope the offense scores, you know, more than we give up because it just seems like we're having one of those days. Yeah. um, This is – yeah, you, the good thing about this week, you got the, the extended week. You get some time to rest, maybe heal up a little bit more with your team, come into the next week with the Pittsburgh Steelers and really be focused on a on a division opponent, your first divisional game this year. Um, you got to start that that off 1-0. and um, And it's against a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that, yeah, I know that they are not as good as years past, but they still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. We know what they can do on defense. So, the offense needs to come in, come in there. They look at the, you know, if you look at overall grades from a, a team standpoint, Browns are number two in the NFL and just overall team grade behind the Dallas Cowboys. They're at an 89.7. The Cowboys are an 89.9 or 88.8. Um, and so it means that the Browns across the board, like we thought, have a really, really good team on paper. And the only thing that will, this holding them back right now, I'd say from being, you know, the six and one or potentially even seven and one, seven and oh, is, is the fact that they're just not playing consistent football. The one week they're, they look like they look excellent. Everything looks together. And then the next week it's, you get a, a, a situation where it, it starts to look good, like against the charger, you, you, you know, you mentioned where they go out to a double digit lead and then it kind of doesn't, you know, they just start having miscommunication issues. They have busts in the coverage. They have, all sorts of things. And then the offense kind of stalls at, at points too, and allows that the other team to come back and the, the, to win it. So yes, they need to, they need to get this consistency down where um, the, the talent on the field needs to represent, start representing the wins uh, in the win column. So I think um, this is a good week to, to reset the brains for them uh, because of the extended week and they can come in fresh and ready to go and prepare to, to go out there and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers who, and like I said, just because Ben Roethlisberger is nowhere close to the quarterback that he used to be, you know, he you can't you can't rule out. And they're also on bye this week. So it's not as if they have a game this weekend that they have to prepare for. And then they have to turn their focus to the Browns. They they have a chance to rest up and and be refreshed. So it's it's going to be, um, you know, two teams that are that are on Halloween that are that are ready to go, essentially. And, you know, the one thing in, look, Pittsburgh Steelers are never ready to concede that maybe this franchise is passing them by in the rankings. Um, so we, you know, obviously, and it, look, it should be quite an event. Uh, most people are dressed yeah. in Halloween costumes at Browns games anyway, but go ahead, John. 
They, I mean, think about it. They, they knocked them out of the playoffs last year. There's a bitter taste in their mouth for the Browns. So they, you know, they're going to come in here trying to light people's heads up. You know, so I think it's you. You just got to be ready for for anything against these Steelers, and you have to come with your A game to be able to beat them because that that I mean that defense, while it doesn't look, you know, they, had, they especially had a three game losing streak and they didn't look great, but I mean, this is still this is still a great. Steelers defense with you know Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden still a really good player back there. You know, Joe Hayward, TJ Watt. <laughs> exactly. They just they they have Melvin Ingram now and who can get after oh, the passer right. as well. It, you know, Devin Bush is a solid linebacker, you know, so over the middle of the field. They have Joe Schobert, so they he has familiarity with with the Browns team and everything like that. And he's a good coverage defender. So it's just they have they have really good players on that defense, and they can do things to, to make things difficult. And especially if your offensive line is not, you know, clicking on all cylinders, which it's kind of just been a little bit inconsistent this year. Then that that defensive line is going to make you pay. Yeah. Look, and uh, hopefully, maybe this is a turning point for the team on a whole. Uh, some big questions still remain. Obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield. Um, hopefully, getting back Nick Chubb, maybe getting back Jack Conklin. But again, no uh, disrespect to Blake Hans, who's been a solid, solid player up until uh, this point here in his three starts and, you know, more than holding his own uh, at the left tackle, at the right tackle. He is John Costco, lead analyst uh, from PFF. Always appreciate getting John here for his thoughts, uh, getting under the lens here, getting a little bit deeper into individual play, which hopefully, you know, which obviously leads to, uh, you know, team play, which leads to team success, like you saw Thursday night in the Browns 17 14 victory. Uh, undermanned against the Denver Broncos. Make sure you're following at John Costco three uh, show itself at lockdown Browns follow back account. As everybody knows, DMS are open me personally, Jeff underscore at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMS are open. Whatever podcast platform you listen to your pods on, make sure you're following or subscribed to the lockdown Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews. Uh, and again, lockdown Browns always free. We appreciate everybody who makes lockdown Browns their first listen Day in, day out with that. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.